0: Hi everyone welcome to casual fc an angel city preview pod i'm your host Angel morales with my girl scout cookie hustling co-host <laughs> mario salazar and our very very special guest elizabeth emery the host of hear her sports podcast hi everybody
1: hi. hey how
0: are you good it's a bit of a bright and sunny morning even though i mean our listeners can't see me but i'm in like A very dimly lit apartment my girlfriend's got a migraine right now so i'm like hiding (laughs) in the living room
1: (laughs) well i'm in cleveland so we have snow and gray and rain and yeah no sun Uh, yeah we have like opposite weather (laughs) right exactly yeah Yeah. it's the hottest it's been
0: i want to say since like november oh wow honestly today it's like supposed to be 70 something and i'm I'm not about it (laughs) i'm gonna soak up some of your sun (laughs) Yeah, we'll send it. We'll send it your way. (laughs) So Hear Her Sports is an amazing podcast covering like the wide, wide world of women's sport. And I'm super excited to talk to you about this because the second Mario told me about it, I was like, excuse me, there's a podcast about women's sports and female athletes that I don't know about and have since dived headfirst into that rabbit hole of eight years now. It is. Interviews and information. It's just fantastic so thank you for being here with us
1: oh i the admiration is completely mutual i am so thrilled about you you guys being here and having a podcast and in a way it makes me just feel like we've arrived where we have (laughs) this kind of content i'm just overwhelmed i'm really overwhelmed it's a pleasure
2: yeah honestly when when i found when i found your podcast i mean starting this podcast has really led me through like like I got to find all the women's sports podcasts and like slowly they're all like adding to my weekly listen. But yeah, once I set once I found yours, I immediately sent Angela at like links. I was like, listen to this one, listen to this one. Um, yeah. and, and the thing that I love is the fact that what you're doing encompasses such a wide range, right? We're like, mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a general sense of when you start speaking about sports, the first thing you're going to think of is professional sports, right? You're going to think of the basketball, the soccer, you know, baseball, things like that. Like, you know, your mind in professional sports, you're starting to think of like all the major leagues, but there's people that are professionals all, all over in all different types of sports and you're covering like women in running, women in skiing, cross-country skiing, surfing, cycling, like Everything and, and it's so interesting to hear all of those perspectives and everything. I, I wrote down in my little notes just to remind myself how I found you, and I found you in a database of of podcasts to be able to like share and come oh, right. with. And I, you know, the database was like, okay, search by topics, or, and I searched by sports, and three podcasts on that list came up, and then I narrowed it down to women, and you were the only one <laughs> that came up. So I was like, huh. I, I yeah I'm going to reach out and i I'm glad I did it's It's been a a great kind of communication that we've had, and so glad that you're here
1: yeah well, thank you and i'm thank you for mentioning the breadth of guests I have, and I'm super interested in in that, and I think it's important for you know what I'm interested in discovering about sports, and for me, what's important are the characters, the people involved, the storytelling and so you know i I enjoy talking to the variety just to see where the connections are and after you know i've been doing it for eight years now so after those eight years i've talked to so many athletes and i am starting to see connections and for me that is just super fun it's this world is so big but once you're in it it's so small right
0: i growing up i was an athlete i think until i was 20 i officially retired at 21 due to a hip injury but like the worlds that i lived in You knew people, like we're here in Southern California, but you knew people across the country because it's still such a small knit network. And I think we're finally getting to that point where it's not, you don't know everybody who does what you do anymore. And it makes me really happy because that means there's so many of us. Yes, Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so much fun. And the way you interview too is so welcoming. It's one of those where it almost feels like I'm in the, do you remember the beginning of like, Black and white movies, early Disney movies where really that big storybook that comes in. And it's like, it feels very engaging. And it's just, I love listening to your show. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's so
1: nice. I, you know, I yeah. think that I, I get a lot of good compliments from my guests, which always just really warms my heart because, mm-hmm. you know, they to me are so important. And I think what they like is that I'm a female and mm-hmm. I'm not asking them sort of typical male media sports coverage
0: questions.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, it is different. And I really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. The storytelling side of things, especially coming from like the female perspective is so different. because it's not like, tell us about your family. Tell us about your history. It's like, what was it like at this one specific moment <laughs> where you <laughs> thought it's like the most intricately dialed down question, but that person is looking at you like, oh, you actually paid attention. You didn't just get a fact sheet and you're kind of BSing your way through it. Right, and it's, Right. It's so much more, and I think that's why it's so much more engaging is because it's a lot more personal. It's a lot more creative. It's not just overarching basic questions. Because I think anyway, like you're seeing now in a lot of post-game pressers, these athletes are tired of that. Like you can ask me, like, ask me about my specific performance. Not like, what was it like to lose against this person? (laughs) The same as it is against (laughs) anybody else. Like nobody wants that. right? So having at least our voices out there to be like, Tell us about the struggles after your injury in this way, or you know that kind of thing. Really helps, kind of push the envelope and make the big market journalists kind of have to do their job a little
1: bit better. I was just going to say exactly the same thing. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're pushing everybody to do their research and be yeah. prepared when they arrive to ask the questions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: I'm totally not sports related, but I, I I just think of like recently the 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 katie katie perry who was like doing the super bowl or something like that that, like the reporter was like they were asking her about like the performance and then the reporter starts asking her about like her love life and it's like no that's not what we're here for that's Mm -hmm. you're you're going down to like the lowest common denominator and then she shut it down she's just like you know she basically said i'm not answering your question good for her (laughs) and let's move on which was great like i totally respect that because like yeah don't you're here for a reason Right? These athletes are you're watching them because of the amazing things they can do. Ask them about the amazing things they can do. Don't don't bring up some weird thing out of left field that, you know, you're you're just hunting for a sound bite or something.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Tell us about yourself. I, I you're you're recording from Cleveland. Were you born and raised in Cleveland or how long have you been there?
1: I was Born, I, I was. I grew up mostly in Philadelphia, and that was pre Title IX. I'm old, so wow. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I remember when Title IX passed. You know, it was a, a really big deal. I don't know if I knew why it was such a big deal, but I remember it being very momentous. So organized sports were not part of my growing up. You know, I I was very mm-hmm. active. I played soccer. I swam at a local pool, I sailed, I rolled horses, I played hockey, I did, you know, just general running around kids stuff, but very little organized sports. And the other thing I think a lot about is there was not a lot of sports on TV. What I remember watching is, you know, gymnastics and ice skating or figure skating and some swimming, maybe some tennis. And I've, I tried all those sports and I, they're not my thing. I'm not good at those. <laughs> And so I, you know, I don't remember having the words cross my mind, I'm not athletic, but I do remember not thinking that I'm an athlete. And it was because there was nothing like me on TV. There were not the skill sets that are mine on TV. So, you know, now knowing that I am an athlete, I think that's why representation is such an important topic for me, because athlete the word athlete the n athlete can look in so many different ways as you've already discussed i've had a million p- different kinds of athletes on the podcast and they're all athletic they're all doing incredible stuff but it is very different their skill sets are very different and they look different and more power to that and i think it's important that 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 representation to me is just so so important
0: so just a heads up we have a running joke on this podcast as will angela cry because i like this is the kind of thing that just like that's exactly it. We're, we haven't grown up in a world where, like even post-Title IX for a big part of it, where you see people who look like you on TV or who have the same skill set as you. We didn't, like, I was a thrower. I played basketball. I bowled competitively for like 15 years, which is like my party secret that nobody really knows about. But, you know, very competitively, very, very good at every sport I've done. But track and field is my one true love. And I was a thrower. And I could have started that career so much earlier but the only exposure I had to throwing was Miss Trunchbull from the movie Matilda, <laughs> where she's like the mean principal and she's a hand yes. thrower. And now I'm over here. Like, I just listened to your episode the other day with one of the Team USA Olympic like Shit. throwers, Janae Kastenboy. She was amazing. Yes. yes. She's so cool. I follow her on Instagram. Like, it's one of those where I'm like, oh, there's an episode? Perfect. Yep. <laughs> and. But I mean, when that's your only exposure, and then my fifth or sixth grade teacher talked to my mom, Angela really needs to get into this. She would be so perfect for it. And that movie had just come out. And I was like, absolutely not. Uh Because you didn't even, like, I am even still, like, I love watching the Olympics. I love watching the world championships, all of that. But that wasn't as available as it is now. You got the primetime recaps. You didn't see throwing at all. And so to have that exposure just be mischrunchable, no. Like absolutely, I was, there's no way you could have gotten me to do that. So a career I could have started in fifth or sixth grade didn't start until my senior year of high school when all of the other sports, my body was too broken or injured to do those things anymore. And so for me, it's like, yeah, put us on TV, put us on marketing, put us on anything that you want because we all have such different bodies and backgrounds and talent, but it all needs to be
1: talked about. I used to feel bad that I needed representation to actually do it, you know, that yeah. old that old adage, you have to see it to to believe it. And I felt bad. I felt like why could I not have done mm-hmm. that thing without some image of it? And I sort of beat myself up about that. But then I had this this breakthrough in my thinking and realized that Men don't understand representation and sorry to, yep. I don't I don't like to say all men so but most men don't understand representation yeah because they are everywhere they're on magazine covers mm-hmm. they're on billboards they're on book covers they're so they don't understand not seeing themselves so it doesn't yeah. seem important because th- they they don't
0: know the concept of not having that exactly exactly
2: yeah. Well, I'm sorry for what we've done. <laughs> but I, I but hearing what I love about what what we've been doing Angela and I recently and then listening to your podcast too is is hearing that perspective cuz to be honest, yeah, I I don't see or I didn't grow up with that idea. I I mean, I came up I I grew up with the A version of not seeing myself uh, in, mm-hmm. in the media, and that's mainly because of, you know, being Latino, being being Hispanic, you know, being a, a, a Hispanic kid, like, you didn't see much of that. So, like, there was a thing very early on where, like, I didn't speak Spanish outside of my house, right? It wasn't until I got more comfortable with a group of friends towards the end of high school to really kind of just start talking freely. In Spanish like like in public so but yeah I I, on my end of stuff like that was my part of like not seeing that but I I totally understand the the like well there's the male the 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 male view is everywhere else right Mm -hmm. and so when it came to not having that for uh women or like you know uh my friends that you know wanted to play sports or might not have played sports or got pigeonholed in like like you said, tennis, like, you know, that, that was your one exposure of like, um, female tennis players, but you didn't, you didn't see the, the softball players. You didn't see the basketball players. You didn't see, you know, uh, anywhere else besides like maybe your, your school, because they offered a, a, a sport, you know? So it's, it's been really interesting for myself to be learning and hearing about all those perspectives so much later and thinking about like, I have a daughter and thinking about like, I really I really hope she doesn't have to go through any of this. Or, like, I really hope that things are changing by the time she wants to start doing things more actively.
1: Oh um, boy, so do I.
2: And, and yeah. <laughs> and then I get sad <laughs> thinking, oh man.
0: <laughs> and I'm over here like, Mario, you just got to get her to watch this. If you stream it on these 15 different networks, you can watch every event, you know, like <laughs> oh, anything he has a question about when it comes to women's sports. I'm like, I got you. I've got this encyclopedia <laughs>
1: brain. Right. We've got everything. Here's your history. But Mario, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, my thing obviously is gender parity. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just a mirror of all the other things. So if we don't hear stories from women, if we don't hear stories from Latinos, if we don't hear stories from any other culture, we're all missing out. I mean, I don't yeah. know about a lot of different cultures because there aren't stories out there. If all we're hearing is sort of white male stories, which is, you know, l- luckily is changing now. But if that's all we hear, that's all we're gonna know. And so when I talk about representation in terms of gender parity, because that's what I'm interested in, really yeah. it's just a mini version of everything else I would like to see Exactly. Exploding.
2: Yeah. That was such a good little like I, I, I know did, that was like, like a I, deep I, I
1: dive was, of like, I have warm fuzzies now. Like <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I we've we've always pulled the curtain aside every now and then on the episode. And like, yeah, we have an outline of a script and then Half the time I'm like, okay, how am I going to jump into the next point? But then I'm like, no, this conversation. I want to keep, keep going with this. I don't want to go on
0: yet. Like I don't care about these questions anymore. Like yeah. tell me just everything.
2: <laughs> Although something I was super interested when I read, you, you know, I read the bio on your on your website. You were a pro cyclist.
1: I was, yes, for about ten years. Yeah. Wow. Tell us everything. Just <laughs> yeah, good, bad, otherwise, whatever
0: you feel like talking about. Please just let us. Well one of
1: one of the questions that you did share with me what was what was my favorite sports memory? And that was a cycling memory. It was the Tour de France, racing in the Tour de France. And wow. I know. And it was called Le Grand Boucle at the time. So there've been many different versions of the women's version of the Tour de France. And I just feel so grateful that I raced that just because it's such an iconic event. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. now I just feel like such a part of history of women's cycling and women's sports. And, you know, being able to watch pro women's cycling grow since I was racing has been super fun. I mean, there's still a lot of problems, but it is they <laughs> they have made huge headway. And watching the pros and, you know, seeing where they're at now is is really fun for me.
2: As I learned in one of your podcasts, the seat <laughs> is a problem
1: the seat is a problem you know a little bit too much about me now
0: (laughs) immediately after listening to that episode he's texting me did you know that in cycling the seat is an issue for women i was like yes
3: like (laughs) yes
0: i have sat on just a spin bike you know a cycling bike that seat does not it's not made for an every person it is made specifically for men and it's it's such an issue.
1: <laughs> Doesn't that fascinate you, though? I, to yes. me, that, that was one of the blow-my-mind episodes. And always the blow-my-mind episodes are challenge my way of thinking. Like my assumption that the seat that I had, the women's seat that I had, was made for me, for a woman. And no, it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was just essentially a shrink-it-pink-it version of a men's seat. And it was not made with me in mind at all. <laughs> and that was why I was having so many problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so interesting. What was it like like on the, the women's Tour de France at the time, which they have now officially gotten the title of Tour de France? Yes. I di- okay, I wanted yes. to make sure that yes. that was finally official. I feel like the last few years have been a big push of like, you can just have men's and women's versions of the same. You can call them the same thing. Right. March Madness, Tour de France, like they're the same. They're just
1: different people calm down. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to give kudos to where they're deserved because Zwift made that happen. They, somebody oh, wow. at Zwift decided that, you know, this was a really good idea. And I think they themselves, you know, got this to happen and worked with the people who run and organize the men's version and had them create a real women's version multi-day. And it's growing. Awesome. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah. Where else? I mean, aside from being in France and, and cycling there, where else did you compete? That was one of those, like, almost like a getaway place. A
1: getaway place. Well, I went to Japan, which I was oh, wow. fun about. That, that was really great, just because I don't think I would have ended up going to Japan otherwise. So that was that was super cool. And New Zealand and Australia went all I think over. That's, I think that's, that's just amazing. amazing.
2: Yeah, that's amazing just being able to say, like, Look, I'm an athlete. I'm doing this sport. And because I'm doing this sport, it's taken me around the world. Mm-hmm. Right? I think yeah. the, the that idea of of I'm good at what I do and this has taken me places. And literally you can say, it has taken me here, here, and mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah, actual physical places.
1: Yeah. I'm what sort of along those same lines, I watch a lot of cycling on TV, and it always amazes me to. See the athletes being interviewed afterwards, and they speak a bazillion languages. You yes, know, it's just so wonderful because they're part of this community. As you said, they've traveled around, they've experienced different cultures. I just love that. Yeah,
2: they have to somewhat communicate with everybody exactly. else. Exactly. It, yeah, they an teammates and whatnot. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And along with that line of your of your best sports memory, do you have one as a fan? As because I kn- I know you're a fan of sports. Yeah, you know. So do you have like your favorite memory? as a fan, either attending or watching or anything else?
1: Well, this may lead to our next uh-huh. question about how he or her That's... sports started. But my, <laughs> I, one of my favorite memories is not of women's sports, actually. It's watching the Cavaliers w- go to the championships, not the, mm-hmm. both the, the year that they didn't win and the year that they, they did win. And what I liked about that is, you know, we went to bars for every game and it was just it reminded me why sports is important why sports fandom is super important and so I thought about that a lot when again this is going to another of your questions (laughs) that I I recently helped host a watch party for the finals of the NWSL and again like all these women came out it was just like oh my gosh this is so exciting that there's this community of people who, uh-huh. in Cleveland who are super interested in this. So that, too, was a favorite memory. There's something so special about a watch party.
0: I mean, specifically for women's sports, because it very much shuts down the nobody watches women's sports argument. <laughs> when you have, like, for for the the World Cup, the group stages, we did a bunch of episodes on it here, but Angel City put together a couple watch parties, and I know the person who was coordinating them, and she was like, yeah, we were trying to get these bars to take a chance on us. And that kind of thing. People are like, oh, we don't know. We'll put on like one TV. And then these places are flooded with women and families and like all of these people just to watch a game with other people who want to watch the game. Yeah. My first watch parties were, what was it? The 2015 World Cup because it was 2023, 2019. Yeah. 2015 World Cup. I was watching down here and like, Southern California, one of my friends is like, we got to go to this one bar. It's, a, it's a, an outlaw bar. Like, you know, the, the fandom of the national teams. Like, we got to go. You got to get, you have to understand. And I was like, whatever. So we go. And I was like, this is the best time of my life. I yeah. have never, never, ever experienced anything like that. And now we went, my girlfriend and I went to one of the watch parties early on in the World Cup when the U.S. team was playing. It was like our one primetime game. And we get there and we literally had to leave. There was no more space. You couldn't like you couldn't see any of the screens. There were so many people. Thankfully, my aunt lived down the street. And I called her and said, Eva and I are coming over. We'll order dinner for you guys. Oh, we need to watch the soccer. That's great. And you know, but to basically get places to capacity on a random Tuesday night because there's a basketball game or a soccer game or whatever. It just it shows that community. And it's like you said, that's why sports fandom is so important. You instantly have this built-in group of people that you have probably four to five things in common with every person in that room, just based on the sports alone.
1: Yeah. And your podcast and you talking about that made me realize the impact that a pro women's team could have in Cleveland.
3: Yeah. Yeah, You know, I want
1: it and all my friends want it. (laughs) But, you know, seeing what's happened to L.A. and to your fan base in two years, a year and a half, it's just it's amazing.
2: And it's And the wonderful. amazing part of the amazing part of that too is that we've met and one of the reasons we started the podcast was like we've met people that are coming out to these games that have either never watched a soccer game mm-hmm. but they're there to support like the growth of women's sports. And so they're like these you know they're they're athletes they know what they're doing, and this is going to be an amazing experience we have we've met fans that are definitely into soccer, but have no care whatsoever about the like the the MLS like they don't care about the men's side so that like you might ask them like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
0: care (laughs) yeah
2: yeah like like you know there's some people that are like oh I support you know Angel City and LAFC or or the Galaxy or you know name your MLS club and then there's a lot of them and I'm not gonna say it's a little it's it's a good it's a good portion of them to say like no I don't care like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I support women's sports I like women's soccer. I don't yeah. care about the men's side. And there's no reason to, right? Like it's not like one <laughs> needs to be paired with the other. So it's it's been amazing to to really see all of that. And at some of these watch parties too, there's just you'll get you'll get so many fans that are like, say, transplants to LA going to a watch party for Angel City. They're not in a sense, calling themselves Angel City fans, they might actually still be fans from an NWL team from where they were from, but they're like, "It's a soccer game. It's women's soccer. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. We're going to have fun." You know. So <laughs> I think yeah. the community also has been really cool. And I mean, the fact that that Angel City has been able to consistently fill the, the stadium 20, the the stadium's a 22,000 seater, and they they average 19,000. Right. That's great. Wow. In in a league that mm-hmm. like. For the longest time, was getting like an average of like five thousand, and there's still teams out there that you know get it. Just they're they're in the low like thousands. You know, L.A., Portland, San Diego, pack it. They're we pack we're packing the out those those stadiums, and so it's been it's been great. Like my daughter loves going to the games now, so it's it's amazing.
1: What well, you made me think about talking about watching the games and the watch parties, and people who don't. You know, maybe this is their first game. Mm-hmm. I always think that it's a beautiful thing to watch an athlete, a pro-athlete, somebody who's really good at what they do, doing what they do. It's yes. super, it, it's different, it's beautiful, it, you know, like, you can't get it anywhere else. And to have the opportunity in your city to see mm-hmm.
3: that
1: mm-hmm. is yeah, stunning. Yeah, so,
0: so interesting out here because there's so many... Think pieces about like how is this women's team gonna do in an already overloaded sports city? It's like, do you know how many women are in LA? Like, do you know how many of us have been begging for this?
2: Do you know how many people don't care about the men's sports? Yeah, (laughs) right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's been such a fun experience. To like, and I've mentioned this on our show before, and most people who know me know, but. I was at opening day for the LA Sparks and the New York Liberty in the forum in 97 as a 10 year old and no, guaranteed my voice is going to crack right now. But like, I know what that moment meant for me and how that felt and everything And to be at opening day for Angel City. I was like, oh shoot, like these kids, they get it on, I don't know, 10 times the magnitude. See, look at like, this is what happens. I just start crying because I'm just like, <laughs> it's just
1: so important. It is. We're talking about representation again. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. And 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 I think about it in Cleveland, too. I love that you're crying. I I have (laughs) given talks, you know, like I'm in front of a whole audience. And when I get to me as an athlete, I start crying. So. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. But in Cleveland, we have a huge high school and collegiate soccer women's Mm -hmm. program, and there's nothing for them to look up to, to aspire to. You know, if they if they want to go play pro soccer, they're going to have to leave the area at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with that, how pumped are you of the
0: rumblings
1: and the movement around Cleveland (laughs) pro soccer and the possibility of that becoming
0: the future?
1: I am so excited. And actually, that watch party was a collaboration between Play Gap and I'm the board president of Play Gap. And Play Gap is we promote women's sports for for older adults, for women. Oh, wow. And so showing them that there are sports out there that can continue doing after college and also, you know, whether you've done sports before or you're trying to find a new sport or whatever it is, we promote sports for adult women. That's amazing. And yeah, it's super great. And so it was a collaboration with Play Gap and Cleveland Pro Soccer was the watch party. So I'm well aware of what's going on or semi-aware of what's going on. <laughs> and I'm, I am. I'm i am just super excited. As I said, knowing you guys have shown me what the impact would be if we do get mm-hmm. a pro women's team here. Just, yeah, I I can't say enough. And there are, the people that are excited and know about it are super excited. Can't wait. Yeah. I think oh, yeah,
0: any yeah. time there's, like, the possibility of an expansion for, like, the bigger women's leagues right now with the NWSL, the WNBA, even the USL and how that's kind of growing, this new volleyball league that's popping off. Like, there's all these little opportunities that are starting to arise. And I, like, I mean, I know what it was like watching leagues fold and watching these women's leagues that people had put so much time and effort into just be defunded, basically. And even in the WNBA, like the Houston Comets, it's the they're the only team in professional sports in this country to have a four peat. Like the way they did it <laughs> and they don't exist anymore. And I really don't think that's gonna happen this time. Or at least I really hope it doesn't, because it doesn't there's a lot more loud momentum happening, not just like, oh yeah, I do that. Because even for me, looking back, there was a big chunk of my life in high school and in college where I'm like, I don't really watch them in sports. Like I was trying to under the radar as a secret fan. And now, like, I'm like, who cares? If somebody has an issue with me liking what I like, that's on them, not me. And if I can impart that on younger girls, please let me do that in this world. Like, just like what you like.
1: Yeah. Have you seen a sort of a shift in attitude in sports fandom
0: in the area? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When like. Even walking around within the first season, like we'd be out at a restaurant or something. Somebody has an Angel City hat on. It's like, oh, you're an Angel City fan? And people are instantly like, are you my best friend? Like, do you want to hang out? (laughs) Do I know you? What what section do you sit in? Like, oh, have you been to FanFest? Are you part of a supporters group? All this kind of stuff. And it's, this is a big, big city. And it's a big city that's really spread out. So you don't get a lot of interaction. People up here in the Valley where I'm currently at and down like where i'm where I live in close to l a x so it's like there's not a lot of cross pollination in that sense, but the second you go someplace and you see somebody in a hat, you're like okay cool like they're they're good people, you know yeah that's that's part of my community and it's I, it's so I've, cool I've that's told cool. this
2: story before, but like i from where I am, i'm also right now I live in the valley, so <clears throat> but from where from where I am, it's actually It's the same amount of, when I go to the beach, it's the same amount of time to go down towards Santa Monica than it is for me to go up to Ventura. And Ventura is the next county up, right? So it it takes the same amount of time. It's just a little, you know, go further north or whatever. And then we go to the beach over there. And I was wearing, I was wearing a a, a fan-made shirt that had the, the forwards listed, right? The forwards on the team. All it is, is just names. Right. Like there's mm-hmm. no logo. There's no Angel City, nothing. And then I'm setting up the little tent on the beach. My kids are playing in the water. And then as I'm like walking towards them, there was a woman right that, that was set up right in front of us. And she goes, oh, hey, I like your shirt. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, and then we started up this conversation. She was like, oh, I was at the game yesterday. I was oh, like, that's oh, amazing. I had to miss it. And mm-hmm. we, we had this beautiful conversation. It was very early on in the podcast. So I was super shy about like I have a podcast <laughs> and I don't have stickers. I forgot them, but they they followed us and stuff like that. But it's it was great to be like, okay, look, there's 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 people that drive in. We have fans that, yeah, maybe halfway to San Diego that drive up to see the ACS. Wow, games, that mm-hmm. that maybe they wanted to be more of the 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 they like the players on a- Angel City, so they came this way rather than going down to San Diego. There's fans, like I said, in Ventura that will drive, like Riverside to Santa Barbara. We've had, I I know, I've met people from Santa Barbara, which is easily because of the one, the the one freeway that comes back in. Could be like a three to four hour trip, but they'll come in for games to downtown LA, and it's been amazing. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that like, like Angela said, like I, I can walk around, and if I have an Angel City branded something, or something that someone can recognize, kind of like the hidden, like like what was it the old the old like decoder ring or the old like Re- like membership yeah
0: like, yeah it's like,
1: yeah. like, like oh i know where you're it's from. flagging like, it's yeah. just like oh
0: hey you're yeah you're one of my people got it yeah, yeah.
1: i didn't know anything about supporters group until i list- started listening to your podcast and i'm curious you know like what would happen here with oh, along those oh, lines that entire <laughs> that entire
2: cleveland pro soccer will just yeah. gel into a supporters group and it will be amazing yeah. if you've if you've watched any of the the matches recently where you can where they're starting to focus i feel that recently they've been focusing Mm -hmm. a lot more on the supporters groups as like the games go on and each place has you know uh their own version of it or it's growing but usually like they're being a uh, the league is being a lot more lenient with like letting the flags in letting the smoke out letting the drums in and honestly that creates such an amazing atmosphere um Mm -hmm. We've I, I've talked to someone before where like we were talking about European football and like and like American soccer and like kind of the differences on the on the supporter side and like yeah in Europe you'll have the entire stadium singing, chanting. Yeah. In in the U.S. here we're a little bit more like sitting your seat like someone's gonna get annoyed if you stand up and you're in yeah. front of them they're like hey right. sit down. It's becoming less and less of that, but the fact that the wherever the supporters are it's becoming more like. No, that's what you do. You're Mm -hmm. standing, you're chanting, you're going the full 90 minutes. If you don't necessarily want to do that, the rest of the stadium is there for you. You can go sit down. Angela and I particularly (laughs) sit down.
0: I I say that I did my time. Like I helped run my student section in high school and college. And that's work. And that's hard. And I don't think my vocal cords could take it at this (laughs) point. Like, I don't I don't think so. Because like I was known as hoops chick amongst strangers <laughs> in college because I was the girl in the front row of our student section, like getting chance going, getting stuff going. We were organizing all kinds of stuff. And it's just it makes the experience so much more lively and so much more alive because you're not just all sitting there politely watching sports. And that's a hard wait. part of like why I don't go to tennis matches the way I used to, because I'm just like. Let me emote. I'm not here to be quiet. I'm here to cheer <laughs> both of these players on. And it's just, oh, it's so good. And it's so much fun. At For Angel City, there's a lot of tailgating that happens before the games with the different supporter groups. Normally, there's like one or two official. We have six because, of course, we do. <laughs> and so we're LA's we're a big this, place. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's got their own little pocket. And we're actually doing, in secret, well, kind of secret, we're doing a little series of interviews with our different supporter groups, to oh, then perfect. Yeah. be like, "Guys, look at all your options. Go join, yeah. go find your people. Yeah, yeah. And like we're we're part of supporter groups, but like we don't make it part of the podcast because it's like, no, this is for everybody. And there's a lot of like ideals that are different within each supporter supporter group, advocacy efforts that are different, and it like it's just a benefit for everyone to have representation like this whole podcast is now just yeah. the episode of the representation <laughs> episode. and but but it's true you know you're able to find these pockets of people who have the same ideals as you have the same like mission of that you do and even if it's not exactly the same it's the closest you're gonna get in a big field like this sure and it's just it's so much fun to walk around pregame. Like with Angel City, they'll do fan fests sometimes that the team puts on. So there's food, there's music, there's all face painting, all kinds of crazy stuff. But then you have one of our supporter groups doing a fundraiser for like donors choose and teachers and getting school supplies. And you have another one who's doing like a clothing drive, another one that's like, we're donating money to this organization, or, you know, this is our fundraiser for the year. And it's just like,
1: you're blowing yes. you're blowing my mind. You're blowing yes, my mind. This so is awesome. Fun. Yeah.
2: And yeah. you know, you know what's going to be amazing is that I think the the want and need for for women's sports, and, and particularly because we're talking about soccer here, you know, women's mm-hmm. soccer. And if Cleveland gets it, I will absolutely not be surprised. You're going to get people coming from Columbus. You're going to get people yeah. traveling from Cincinnati, you know, the the two so hour, Pittsburgh, three hour drive like, yeah. from Pittsburgh. Coming in to be like, it's game day. I'm coming to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So like, not only is it a, uh, you know, if any city council pe- person needs it, like they <laughs> need to hear it. They need to hear that it's going to be a big economic driver because people will come. Yes, like we're like we're pointing out here, people are coming from practically San Diego, right? right? Mm-hmm. People are coming from Santa Barbara. It's like, it's like a, seriously a, a three hour drive from where they're going to get to downtown LA to see these games, and and they fill that stadium, you know? And and you, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. really cheesy. You build it, they will come. Right? They will no, come. totally. Yeah, and they totally. Will.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the thing, like, with, I think in women's sports all over the world, it's like there's only so many spots right now. You have the 144 of the WNBA. I think it's now, what is 26 times 14? A lot. So, like, you have <laughs> the, the cap there in the NWSL the more teens there are the more ability there is for these women to have prolific careers and more women to have those careers
1: and why not yeah and more women that, to to watch them yes yeah yeah how, d- I mean, how have the bars oh. been in LA supporting watch parties and things like that and dedicating the t- all the TVs and turning on the sound and things like that
2: they've been they've been growing like at the very beginning mm-hmm. it was very it was very hard yeah. to get to get a I know that, you know, we were talking to people in the front office. We were talking to fans and things like that. It was very hard to find a bar. People couldn't figure out where a watch party could be held, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the SGs, actually, a lot of supporters groups, actually, essentially, if if there wasn't one, they made it themselves. They, yeah. they went to a bar and they said, or they knew someone at a bar and said, hey, can we do this here? And they're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can be in the back corner or something. And then every all single of a time sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden there's this giant group where they can't be around one TV anymore they mm. got to spread it out i think the hard part especially like from angel city perspective especially 2 years ago when it started is just the the access <laughs> and right and that's another yeah. part of this whole equity and representation conversation is the access of it for it was so hard to find it playing on TV and then second year they get this great deal with paramount plus and cbs on streaming and everything and it's like all oh, the matches will be streaming okay but that doesn't allow bars to or or places to mm-hmm. so like there was a lot of like you know like don't tell anybody type <laughs> type of watch parties where like they would just hook up like a, a Amazon TV stick or, or an apple tv yeah. <laughs> yeah and just play the match at a bar so that people can watch it and or you know just bars that were friendly and they were like just hook it into our system and we're fine don't tell anybody right mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that was the only way to do it and then to our annoyance CBS Sports like there was matches on CBS Sports where like almost nobody that we knew nobody could it, watch it but if you went to a bar you can definitely watch it because CBS Sports mm-hmm. is is a cable channel and you can right. watch it Right. and then this year it, it it'll be interesting because they have such a widespread streaming network package it's gonna i be saw on, that yeah it's, it's going to be on yeah. Ion television which is over the air which will be great but it's also going to be on amazon prime it's also going to be on
0: paramount it's like espn like, cbx Fox. Mm-hmm. like every possible major network
2: but then some of them kind of
0: stepped in <laughs>
2: but the, that's great but then some of them are streaming and some of them are not and some of them are yeah over the air. so like that's going to be a big puzzle to work around but in the sense of how it's grown over the years, like, it definitely has. And mm-hmm. especially with people just saying, like, look, if you can't do it, we'll find somewhere that we can, and we'll make it happen. And now there's there's a handful of bars that are very much like, oh, no, come watch the Angel City game. Yeah. We, we'll welcome it. We'll dedicate, you know, half the TVs. If, like, we get overwhelmed, we'll dedicate all the TV. Like, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. like, it's it's growing, and I think there will be a day where it's like, Angel City game completely on TV, like on all of them, yeah. you know, I, I swear. I know
0: towards like the end of last season, the the person I know who works in like community outreach and everything in the front office, she was saying like, we're competing with Sunday football.
1: And right. That's of the course. Hard part. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The best thing I went, we went to, so the casual FC family was so Mario and his wife, my mom, my girlfriend, and I, we all met up to go see a musical. <laughs> And it was like a matinee show. We all hung out. It was a great time. Eva went home. Mario and his wife went and met Neil Patrick Harris after the show. It was a big deal. My mom and I booked it across town from downtown LA all the way to the beach to go to a launch party. We get there with like 15 minutes left and I'm like running in, like trying to find my friend. And this place is packed with Angel City fans so much so that it swayed the restaurant. It was like a restaurant bar, kind of beer garden type place to change more TVs to the Angel City game. That's awesome, yeah. And it was one of those where it was like more and more people were coming as the game, like after the game started. And that's not as common for, I want to say for men's sports, because people just show up and stay through the game. Yeah, This was, I got off work, I got to get there. And, or I, you know, I did a thing and now I got to go to the place. And more and more that's starting to happen. And the rep from Angel City was like, it's getting a lot easier. Places that were like, I guess, are now saying absolutely we'll be there you know absolutely come watch here
1: that was the same thing that we experienced with our watch party that we had you know we had to make sure that all the tvs were going to be on the soccer Mm -hmm. game that the sound was going to be on and they were great to work with but i don't think they knew what was going to happen and were overwhelmed obviously happy was we packed the place it was yeah it was great so hopefully it's good to hear your stories
2: and it's great because it really will be word of mouth like you will get the core people that you're reaching out to and yeah. then and then all of a sudden there you know it's it's very much like the the localized virality of of it, you know like you'll you'll hit the people that you're getting and then they'll share it, they'll share it, they'll share mm-hmm. it, and then that's why you get that wave of people because it's like they're slowly learning about it, but they will be there, and that's the amazing part,
1: and I hope so because I certainly. Don't want people to be priced out of going to the live games and then not being able to be part yep. of the community and watching and all of that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah.
0: that's such a big factor is the price point of everything at this point in the world. But knowing that if you can't make the game for whatever reason, price point, work, whatever, there's now more ways to watch it. And there's right. now, you know, you can watch a replay, which you couldn't do that before. You can now pull it up on YouTube or the WSL network and things like that, and be able to watch these games again. I just can't wait for the day where we can have like a women's sports network, and I get a pregame and a postgame show and a lead up, and yes. then watch this 1998, you know, <laughs> Concacaf match, you know, like something. So, like, just let me rewatch old games. That's yeah. all. <laughs> just put them all in one place. I'll pay for it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I kid you not. After I've after listening to the genuine interview, I was texting her like, "We we can do how this. How right? do we do this? <laughs> how do we start?" Totally. A
1: bar? Me too. Oh my gosh! The day that that launched, I lay in bed at three a.m. thinking, "Okay, how can I open up a bar?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, she, "I know nothing about bars," but she really didn't either. So. But she'd been Wouldn't in the food business, so yeah. she did know yeah. that.
0: He asked me, too. He was like, you worked in a restaurant. You cooked in different places. And I was like, Mario, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars that I don't think either of us have or can find. Uh, Yeah, I would love it. I will happily participate if we get a very, very wealthy donor, which I'm just going to throw it out there. If somebody wants to sponsor a women's sports bar in L.A., there's one popping up in Long Beach. We can also have an L.A. location. Like, I will help.
1: But I love that story because... You know, she had no idea it was going to be as popular as it was. And, you know, like her Kickstarter blew up and, mm-hmm. you know, the opening day exploded. There was a line out the door. It's been packed every time. Yeah, it's great. It's super great. We'll have bars. I mm-hmm. Now
0: I follow a women's sports bar that's popping up in New York. Another one in London, Long Beach, California. One in or Rough and Tumble is now open in Washington. Like anytime I get like a, oh, Check this out they're opening. I'm like go just follow because then <laughs> when I travel, I know where I can go. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
2: and you have amazing soccer coming. I mean, you've already told us that you have amazing soccer in your area anyways, but you have amazing mm-hmm. soccer coming to Ohio. Down in Columbus, the US Women's National Team will be doing their She Believes tournament down there. Are you she-
1: Are you planning on heading down? I'm lazy. I I've been to- <laughs> I've been to some of the friendlies that are here in Cleveland, have been in here in Cleveland. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm really hoping that the Cleveland team starts here and I don't have to be traveling around. True. I get so, it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's hard because like we, we opened this season, Angel City opens the season against Bay FC, which is now the team up in Northern California. And we're like, oh yeah, let's do like a trip. And I'm like, but like we have a team here. Like they maybe- yeah. We can just do this here, but also it's very fun. One of our, one of our friends and like one of our favorite listeners, Richie, Mario and him, they ran into each other at the game in Columbus. They sent me a picture. Both of them sent me the same picture at the same time. Like, look who I ran into. (laughs) And so like, but he sits with in my section and he'll do the trip down to San Diego. So I think we need to do, we need to organize a a casual FC family and extended friends trip to San Jose. Be also, the,
1: I'm so interested in so many different sports that I have mm-hmm. to limit my watching. There's I, only I, there's I'm only right so there much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there's like only now, so many like hours I'm,
2: before I have to keep working. <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. right. It's like right. yeah, I yeah. have to work and then also like do things. Like, I have to do my laundry and wash dishes because otherwise I would just be tunnel
1: vision. Yeah, just hook me up to a TV and I'm I'm good. In a couple weeks, I'm going to the World Cup for cross-country skiing that's gonna be in Minnesota. And this is oh. the first time that it's gonna be in the States for what? a couple oh. decades. So I'm super excited about that, particularly since I've been doing these race reports on <laughs> the yeah, podcast. Yeah. And so I'll, hopefully I'll be able to meet some of the athletes and I don't know, see it oh, live. That so cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cross-country skiing is always one of those
1: Winter Olympic
0: events that I make a point of watching because I'm like, cross-country running already Boggles my mind. Like (laughs) track and field, yes, includes running. I did not do that. I ran for training and conditioning, and that's it. Like no, but cross country skiing
1: is just beyond. It's so hard. It is so hard. Yeah, Yeah. because you're using your all your body. You're using your arms and you're using your legs, and that's why they they flop and fall down at the end. Rightfully so,
0: they deserve that, and they're probably. I love it when they do that, and you just see like the steam. Yeah, it's like coming off of <laughs> yeah, them. I'm like, yeah. oh wow. That in the it's where they're doing the what is it, biathlon or something like that, where they're doing the cross country skiing and, and the, the shooting. shooting yes. I'm like, how are you <laughs> your lung capacity and your breath control has to be so dialed in. Isn't that cool? To, you're yeah. doing this for miles and then you lay down and you're like you know, <laughs> gasping yeah. for air, but trying to steady a rifle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's
1: awesome.
2: Again, the amazing feats that these athletes can do, right? And then you you just need to be exposed to it, to be like, look, mm-hmm. there are people that can do this and do it very, very well. You just need to be able to get a chance to watch them. Like, that's, you know? and yeah. also
1: And also understand a little bit about it, you know, like, what's involved in the sports. Like, you were talking about being able to control your breath and exert all that energy at the same time. I just love Everything that goes into being good at your sport, whether it's the actual athletic training or sort of thinking mm-hmm. about all the strategy or details, so much of, of it is, is fascinating, but it is also applicable to outside of sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, ha- I've learned so much talking to my athletes that I, I often tell people that I'm a better person after having talked to all these people. I I
0: feel like you if you aren't walking away from interviews like the ones you do without gaining more knowledge or something like that or taking at least a little bit of information away being like oh I can I can apply this in real life like I feel like in a way you're doing it wrong you know <laughs> like you're not fully invested in it because even with our our conversations I walk away like oh I didn't think about it that way and like I just got my master's in sport psychology because of how much I love the mental side
1: of sports. Wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And now I'm in my late thirties going career change or side hustle. (laughs) Like what do I do with this? I love it. I just love, like, I know how much of, of my playing and competing was my brain. Like, yes, I had the physical side of things. It's yet my body has to do something in order to compete. But so much of how I did it and what I did was in my head. The cadence, like taking a deep breath. I was explaining to Eva the other day, like, oh, yeah, no, sorry. And discus, like, this is how I would breathe because we we're having this big conversation of how to breathe correctly. She's a drummer. And I'm like, OK, this is what I did. How can we translate this to what you do as a musician? And so it's just it's so interesting and so widely applicable.
1: And we can keep learning. I'm still learning mm-hmm. about competition and how to compete well and how to be a good winner, how to be a good loser. Yeah, you know, I when it, when I was cycling, I was not the greatest sort of mano a mano. I'm going to beat you kind of person. And I'm mm-hmm. playing squash now, and you know, going back, going back, and trying to figure that out. It's it's great. Do you need any tips? I got you. I am okay. Insanely competitive.
0: <laughs> there are certain things I can no longer do for fun because it's like I I did that as a competition. Like so many of my friends are just like, let's go bowling. I'm like, I'll go. I will teach you. I will coach you. But I will not touch. The lanes, no, I can't because instantly my my
2: past experience excludes me from this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm like, I'll be there and I'll just be like cringing every five seconds of (laughs) everybody around me doing something wrong. But yeah, that kind of competition, like I can't do it anymore because it's so I can't like take it apart from each other. The fun part and then the competition. It's like that doesn't.
1: They are one. I totally agree, and a lot of athletes, professional athletes, have trouble doing their mm-hmm. sport after yeah. they they've retired because of the same thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I had I had a question that I wanted to ask you, and I think it might be a great way to maybe end it. Maybe not. I mean, we can keep going. I, I this, this has I could been talk to amazing. You for hours. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that we're learning by doing this has it. Again, another constant joke that we that we will do. And I'm pretty sure the friend our, our, our people listening have always been like, we heard that one again. But we joke that like we were so excited to get the first comment from someone that was not a relative. Right. Yeah. That, that was not a friend that was like, here, I'm forcing you to uh, follow my, my Instagram or follow follow our podcast. When we got a message from someone that we both completely didn't know, I had to check with mm-hmm. Angela. I was like, do you know who this is? And we're like, no, no, we don't. Nah, oh my nah, god, there's, it's, there's, it's a fan. Yeah. <clears throat> so, just growing this and having this little like growth of fans and people that are actually liking what we're doing has been great. And I and I know that your fan base must be just, you know, it it's it's there. It's it's built in already. Like, so has there been an interaction with a fan from? about one of your podcasts or about the podcast in general that has like changed your perspective or inspired you or surprised you in like, Oh, thank you. You know, like I, I, as, as silly as it is, we have a, like buy me a coffee link. And like mm-hmm. when we get the
1: $1, like we're like, yes, yes.
0: it's so so, awesome. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Oh, somebody actually wants me to keep
1: doing this. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it means so much to get notes. And I just, I love getting notes. It's amazing getting notes and letters about the podcaster, uh, particular episode for sure you know right now i'm doing those race reports about Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. cross-country skiing and so every after every world cup one of the athletes on the u.s women's team talks to me about the specifics of the race and we get into some of the normal stuff from regular episodes like training and prepping and whatever seems applicable for for that particular event They're in the regular feed. So normal listeners are, you know, people who have subscribed are getting these episodes and listening to them. And the reaction to these episodes, the race reports have been just amazing. Super engagement, a lot of discussion, a lot of conversation. And it makes me think about, you know, for a long time, I've wondered, what is it actually that female fans want to hear you know what is it about women's sports that they want to know they want to hear so i that's why i think it's so great about these race reports is they're sort of con sort of condensed they're shorter and it gets to what you guys are talking about in terms of you know as women's sports grows we're going to have the pre-event commentary Mm -hmm. we're going to have the event we're going to have the post-event commentary and it's all intelligent conversation related to something very specific. So it's been ex- it, it's been exciting for me to hear this commentary about something that I'm really interested in in sort of a new format. And yeah, the yeah. So I guess that's the answer to your question. So I'm, I'm <laughs> just I'm. It's just they've been tremendous commentary about it. And what I love is that people who don't know that much about cross country skiing have gotten involved in cross-country skiing, and have learned who the athletes are and excited mm-hmm. to continue to follow. Athletes themselves have been great telling the stories very specifically about what's been going on and some details. Like there was, one, there was one weekend, it was early in the World Cup series of events, and there were a bunch of poles that broke at the start of the event. Oh, yeah, Like, what's going on? They're, I've never seen them at the start of the event. And so the athlete explained what was going on. It turns out that the gate that allows them to exit the starting mm-hmm. s- yeah. section out, but it swings out pretty quickly and it was hitting the poles. And it was oh, wow. on oh, wow. such a violent setting that it yeah, hit the poles like, and would break
2: the poles. Because their, their poles are just right outside. They're not like Correct. Tucked in with them, right? Yeah, oh, right. Okay.
1: So that was totally fascinating, and you know, I hope I hope that people who were wa- watching the coverage saw that, and then were able to discover what actually was going on. It was super mm-hmm. cool. It felt like this really insider kind of piece of information. That, that's amazing.
0: Like, yeah, it's that's one of those like you were able to immediately answer the question that everybody watching that race was like,
1: "What happened? Why? Yeah.
0: That's weird. That's not normal."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and cross country skiing. You know, the snow obviously takes, you know, is a big part of the sport. And for people who who live with snow, not you guys, but right. people <laughs> people who live with snow, snow is very different. It, and mm-hmm. athletes that I've talked to have explained that man-made snow is really different than natural snow. It's different at whatever temperature it is. So there's been a lot of discussion about that. And then Jessie Diggins in one of the races recently, she's the best skier of the world right now. She's American. She fell in one of the races and she described what happened and why she fell, which had to do with the snow. It was super fast. It was like unbelievably fascinating.
2: Yeah. I do remember, I I did listen to one of your interviews and it might have been with Jesse. I'm not, I'm also bad memory. But what I remember from the episode about that cross-country skier was she kind of mentioned about herself, she's like, I'm not the most technical skier. She's like, if you're looking for technical, like, movements mm-hmm. and everything, she's like, that's not me. But yeah. it's, as Angela was pointing out, it, it's the grit, it's the mentality. She will go to her breaking point and then beyond that, knowing mm-hmm. that that's what she's doing. And that's kind of, you know, she has technique. She, Of course she does. But, like, she's just saying, like, you know, she's not the textbook technical person. And that is what gets her to the finish line. And it's just that mental grit. And I'm just, I was sitting there in the the car in my two hour drive (laughs) to work, (laughs) listening to that, thinking like, like, yeah, like I've, I've been, I've been in, in some races, some runs where like, like I'm hitting that like 10 mile mark. And I'm just like, I just, I just need to push my body hurts right now, but you know, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. It's just one more 5k. Like I'm good.
1: That was Jessie Diggins, and I love that episode (laughs) because she is so fallible, and she's not perfect, and she is totally willing to say that. (laughs) And going back to our theme of representation, to me, that was so important to be able to hear a professional athlete who is, she really is the best in the world right now. And she's saying that she is not perfect, and Mm -hmm. her technique is not perfect. She said, I'm ugly when I ski. (laughs) I mean, how beautiful it is to hear that, to hear the honesty of like,
0: oh, no, I like it hurts. It's hard. It's sweaty. It's gross. Like all of the things that, you know, you're you're conditioned to see these people, both male and female athletes, just as like statues almost like they're perfect everything yes. is wonderful for them all the time and it's not and they don't have and to so, work hard it comes yeah. easy to them it's, no yeah.
3: <laughs> and even for those that it
0: does come easy too it is still very difficult i don't to know if it comes a high easy level to anybody, of training yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> you hit, hit a point at least at some point where you're like no thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of my favorite episodes was a recent one with a sailor sarah douglas she's canadian and she's going for a medal at the paris olympics And she and I talked about the spreadsheets that she keeps. Oh, wow. Endless spreadsheets about cloud cover, weather, Mm -hmm. tide, wind, everything. Uh It's amazing. It's not easy. She is so prepared. She's going to know everything. She's going to be able to look up her spreadsheets to see what it's going to be like and what what worked. You know, she keeps track of Mm -hmm. what has worked, what hasn't worked. It's not easy.
0: I th- that's that's another one of those things that a lot of people, like lay people, don't understand of athletics in general. Is you're constantly tweaking. Even the smallest little knob turn can drastically affect the way you do something. If you take a breath here versus there, if you move your hand left versus right, you know you flinch and instead of staying still, it changes so many little things. And it's so nice to like be able to have a place to listen to those conversations after you're through your show because it's like you said it's high level it's interesting and it it provides humanity in a very like constructive way of like oh no
1: you can do this too it's just a lot of work it's a lot of work yes yeah i didn't i didn't know what it meant to work hard until i started bike raising myself because i had never Mm -hmm. been passionate about anything and cared about anything until that point at least at that level Yeah. I would never been in a point where I wanted to get better and better and better and was forced because of that love to discover what it took to get better and better and better. And I've been able Mm -hmm. to, you know, we talked about transferring stuff from sports into other things. And so I was able to do that once I retired. That's amazing. Sports has so many transferable skills (laughs) that people don't really know
0: or you can only obtain them through sport or through competition and understanding that side of life like you don't really get those other places in the one, same capacity anyway.
1: Yeah, and one of my favorite statistics is that it, I think it's 95% of C suite women played sports in school. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. 95%.
0: It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: it, right, I mean so, it makes
0: complete sense to me. Oh, totally. <laughs> so, totally.
2: Um keep asking my daughter if she wants to play sports.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Put the, put yeah. that on the list. Yes. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tap into Maddie and we'll we'll get this going on
2: <laughs> I'm I mean she is taking to swimming like 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 a fish right now so that's that's great and she loves it so I'm like keep going let's beautiful. go beautiful
0: hmm yeah just foster it it'll come if it's if it's meant to be it'll come it'll yeah. it'll come oh yeah. believe
2: believe me being being having my parents like push sports on me not terribly hard but at a certain point to the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore just a spite. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's going to be no pushing.
0: Yeah. The funny thing is I was the exact opposite. My family was like, are you sure you need to play four different sports? And I was like, <laughs> "Why? Wow, I love them. Mm-hmm. I want to do everything. And it was like, give it, there's not enough hours in the day. Like, you need to pick. And then it got smaller and smaller until I honed in. But yeah, I'm the the forever athlete as my family calls me. Like, I will, everything becomes a competition. I've, That's one of those things post-athletic life I'm still learning almost 15 years later where it's like not everything has to be as competitive as your brain wants it to be. Like chill out, maybe have fun. (laughs) And I'm like, but I could win. I could be the best (laughs) at this. Working in a restaurant, I was in the kitchen. So I'm like learning all these different things. And it was never a competition to other people. It became like, no, I want to be the best at this for me. If I it get makes it. me better than I other totally people, that's not my fault. <laughs> you get to yeah. my level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's always what it is. And, like, if you want to get better, that's fine. I'm still going to make sure I'm better than you at this for no other reason than I can be. And it has, you know, it's nothing against anybody else. It's just what happens in, in my big old head. Just all kinds of competition all the
1: time. <laughs> but I, I will have to add that there are ways to be athletic without being competitive. You know, there's very true, very so true. So many sports that allow you to do it in a different way. Since mm-hmm. we're going to the representation bit, yeah. yeah, that's
0: actually kind of where I'm trying to find that happy medium for myself. Is like, what can I do that's not as competitive but allows me to get the the itch scratched and and have fun with it. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Elizabeth, so much. I, it mm-hmm. means a ton to have you. On our show, on our tiny, the, the fact that you agreed to be on our tiny little podcast <laughs> has been, was, was huge for us. And I just want to ask, is there anything you want to plug, pitch, say, leave us with as we, as we wrap up?
1: One, you guys are a huge inspiration to me. So I'm just thrilled oh, to be here as you. well. I'm happy Don't to know you cry. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not twice in the same. And then yeah, I hope everybody listens. I hope everybody listens to Hear Her Sports. They can sign up for the newsletter also on the website hearhersports.com. <laughs> and yeah, send me messages. i love getting messages.
3: <laughs>
1: we can make that happen. All right. Yes.
2: <laughs> I I am I am honest that like I I have told so many people about Hear Her mm-hmm. Sports since I found you and it'll just keep coming. So, thank you. You know, if if I get if I get to one subscriber, I'm gonna be like, yes,
1: I'm yes, thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. doing it. It all matters. Yes.
2: So yeah, everyone, please follow. Go check out hearhersports.com. Get all the beautiful info. There's also you interview a lot of people that have books, so yes, there there yes. is a great library and a great way to just support the pod by buying a book through her link. Um, I did buy Angela.
0: He bought me The Keeper. Love that book. I haven't. I haven't. Speaking of it, crying. <laughs> you have noted. I will make sure to like give myself space around that one because I like it got to my house in the mail and I was like, what is this? And I get a text from him going, hope you enjoy the book. And I was like, what did you do? And I opened it and it's like this beautiful book and I'm trying so hard to convince myself to read it, but I don't want to break the binding. Like it's one of those like this is it's a beautiful gift. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. gorgeous. Yes. Yes.
2: So, yeah, check out, the, check out all the books from all the amazing interviews. Go find the interview for a book that you like. I mean, it's, it's, everything has been great. Follow Hear Her Sports, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to her podcast. It's amazing. I will, you will find interviews with amazing people that you might not even have thought of about the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Sailing. Sailing cross-country skiing, running, Barbara Broad, about her, her running journey, I was just like, wow, I feel lazy now.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. So, honestly, it's a great podcast. And if you just want to hear amazing interviews, please go subscribe. If you've listened this far and you like us, hit the subscribe button on our podcast, Apple, YouTube, Music, I think is what it's called now. Any of the places you want to go, go to casualfc.com and you will find all the podcast links. Our social is casualfcpod on Instagram, Twitter, threads, TikTok, all of those. Tell a friend about the pod. It brings us good luck and we push all that good luck to the team. So, I mean, we like to say we started this podcast halfway through last season and all we did was go up and we made the playoffs. So, (laughs) you know, we do what we can. Yeah, yeah, we do have merch. We have silly merch and fun stuff that we do. So check out shop.casualfc.com if you like it. And if you feel so inclined, support the pod by buying us a coffee. Check out our link on our socials or go to buymeacoffee.com slash pod. Thank you for everyone has who's supported so far. It means a whole ton to us. And again, I just want to say thank you, Elizabeth. Thank it's you, Elizabeth. Amazing. Thank you,
1: guys. Yeah.
2: And we'll catch you guys later. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.